Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What up? I'm Naomi. And I'm Andy. We're a real-life couple and a real-life couple of comedians. And we're the hosts of the comedy podcast Couples Therapy, where some of your favorite stand-ups do live sets about the relationship. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Download it on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The Beatles coming to town. In the 60s, massive, twice. Led Zeppelin coming to town in the 70s. Two nights, massive. Nothing compares to Burrowmania. Burrowmania, we think, think it is coming to town. And look, if anybody watched that game last night and you're a Bengals fan, you're saying, Bengals got to take this guy, right? If you watched any games of his, especially last night, to me, he checks all the boxes I want to see out of a quarterback. The Bengals happen to need a quarterback, and they need an injection of some excitement, something to get the fans going. And, you know, we were just talking about this with Willie. I, I can't remember a January where Bengals fans were this excited. I mean, it, the, the, the next season couldn't be further away, and folks are excited about, wow, if we get this kid, what potentially could happen? Well, I, look, seriously, the first home game? Last year, did they have 40,000 people for the first home game to start the season? But right. But you put this kid in there, they're going to sell it out. Yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah. It's exciting. It's exciting. Let's let's hope uh, things continue to work our work our way well let's uh, get back to our usual uh, Tuesday routine here on the acute hearing centers.com hotline. Our friend Tanya Rourke from Channel 9. Tanya, are you ready for Burrow Mania? <laughs> By the way, I sound horrible. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I was screaming so much for Joe Burrow last night. No, that's not it. I'm actually <laughs> sick. Um, but I, are you kidding? I want the Brown family to hear me now. I am a Bengals fan. I am so sad after the season. And last night was the first time I got so excited about being a Bengals fan, and I can't tell you how long. Hello, someone listen to me. Now, <laughs> you must get him, and then you've got to protect him. But, yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, I mean, look, that's the thing. It's not just Joe Burrow. It's going to have to come with a lot of pieces, and especially some offensive line. But, man, just a guy that, to me, one of the things I liked is, you know, I don't want a guy who's like a total clown, like a total show guy, but I think you want a quarterback that's got a little bit of swagger to him. You know, and, and you know, and during the game last night, he's walking around, he's pointing to his finger about, you know, right. put the ring yeah. on it and all that sort of thing. He's got just enough of that to me that I think yeah. you need out of a quarterback, and I think folks are excited. Okay, yeah, he's got that, but then he's also got that. Like, did you hear um, – when they were doing the trophy presentation, and he said, you know, this is for everyone, the, the lunch people who feed us, you know, the folks who clean up the locker room, blah, blah. I mean, come on. We want that guy. That's, that's a Cincinnati guy, you know? There you go. Yeah, team guy. Yeah. So you guys as an organization, is there going to be, I mean, when do you go 
Will Burrow. Are you going to wait until the draft, or are you going to just try to get ahead of the curve and start talking about it now? Or are you are, 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 are you parked now. outside his house right now in <laughs> Athens, Ohio? That's what we want to know. Um, you know, I would say if not today, when? Um, we like we cannot, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, we cannot do enough about this kid who he is, where he came from, and then just go watch. We'll do all this work. We'll get all ready because we know with the number one draft choice going to the Cincinnati Bengals, and we know that the number one, the clear number one choice for the draft in Joe Burrow, an Ohio guy who probably would love to come to Cincinnati and actually sign and play here, the Bengals will draft someone else. (laughs) Right. They can't. They can't, right? Like, they honestly couldn't do that. They couldn't have read Twitter last night and thought, we should draft somebody else. Could they? Could it's they? one of those things. You used to hope that they don't think they're smarter than everybody and, and just do something. What you hope it doesn't happen is what seems to happen a lot of years, which is there's some there, – this is, the season itself is not successful, but there's some late-season things you can point to and say, okay, wow, well, this is actually okay, and this is going pretty good. And well, we don't need a total overall. Yeah. Like that Andy Dalton was playing well, and I like Andy Dalton, and I wish Andy Dalton all of the success yes. in the world. And if they, if they want to keep Andy to help him, great by me, but I don't see why you do that. But is that what you're talking about? Is like, well, maybe they go, gosh, Andy's still got his, you know, he's still, he's really good. You put the right people around him, and we still got a really good guy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, well, there's also the, also the camp that's saying, hey, trade out of the number one. Get more and picks. And get a ton of picks. Yeah. And use that to rebuild the team. No, no. Let me, I, that's what I'm saying. That. I, I'm just saying there's <laughs> right, that camp. I don't, I'm not in that camp, but I'm just right, telling you. Let's, let's not even talk about that camp. But I have a question. So you guys are guys. You're way more into this. I think we're something like $45 million under the cap. Is that right, Brock? I, I would have to look at that. But I know we have a, a, a fairly, let's say, decent amount of cap space to be able to All do right. some damage. Yes. We can do some damage. So here's the question. What does the Brown family, let's assume that they take Joe Burrow. We cannot draft an offensive line. We can't. We can't draft a line that's ready to go. We got to go get some people. Who do we go get? With and what's it going to cost? I mean, I don't care how much it costs. Go get. Who do we go get? Who's out there for us to go I, I, cherry yeah. pick? I, I'd have to look at and see who the the free agent offensive linemen are going to be. I've not delved into that yet. But to your point, I, I I agree. I think especially offensive linemen, it's so hard to get a kid from college and determine if he's going to work out because the college systems are up-tempo spread and all, you don't really know. So you got to find a guy that you know that guy can play football at the professional level, and that would mean obviously a free agent. I I hope the Bengals at some point early in free agency, not like week three where you're getting like a third-tier guy, get someone a top-tier guy and bring him in, pair him up with Jonah Williams and and start the rebuild. I mean, you got to think Zach Zach – Taylor, who was a quarterback's coach, is literally salivating over the opportunity to work with a guy like this, who's clearly a gamer. This is a guy who studies film. You know, he he gets it. He knows how to read a defense. I mean, this is like 
a once-in-a-generation quarterback and that we have the opportunity to take him? <gasps> That's the thing. Look, you know, life, life um, you know, kind of, you know, leads you where it should. You know what I mean? And one door closes, another opens, and it's a terrible season. But the the result is that <laughs> we're now in a position to get a guy that is hopefully going to be good for a long time. So hopefully, and, and you got to make it count. You got to make it count. We can't ruin it. But as far as the, like what we're doing, not enough. That's all I have to say. We better be on Joe Burrow patrol from now until April. And after he gets here, I mean, are you kidding me? This guy could be, could be, if we play our cards right, Bengals, if we play our cards right, this could be such a huge deal. I'm so excited. Keto? So, yeah, let me tell you something. Yeah. (laughs) You, You mainstream media, don't you scare that kid off. Don't go follow him around. Don't yeah. send John Matteris down there in his yeah. trench coat and his, uh, Fake and his sunglasses. I would and never follow, follow John Matteris on him. Following him around and see what kind of stuff he buys at Walmart and all John that John Matteris stuff. undercover with his nine on your side baseball hat. Yeah. Right. Correct. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, go have some tea and honey, and we will talk I to you next week. awful. I'm so sorry, you guys. You're, you're, oh, you're fine. <laughs> see you later. Thanks, Tommy. Bye-bye. Uh, she uh, she sounded like my uh, old Aunt Betty, God rest her soul, who uh, smoked like four packs of Bel Air a day. Menthols. <laughs> oh, absolutely. absolutely. For, for, for as long as I knew her. Oh, God, that's funny. No, she's excited. That's Again, I, just, I was thinking that uh, earlier today. Like, when's the last time this town's been this excited about something – Sports wise, just impending. I mean, look. I mean, also with the Reds, you know, they get Mustaka, they get you know Shogo, they get these guys. This is exciting times. The city deserves something fortuitous to happen when it comes to sports. We deserve it. Am I? Is that wrong for me to say? No, I totally agree. We've been hanging in there. We're good fans here. We deserve something good to happen. I, I, you know what? Look, I think the Reds could turn it literally turn it around this year. That roster is strong. Strong. I mean, this could take – look, you don't expect these guys to go from 2 and 14 to 14 right. and 2 in a year. Give it a couple of three years and then see where you're at. I just want to see steady progress that Absolutely. doesn't have setbacks. That's right. all anybody has. Now we check in with this guy. Wasn't that a song? Which, which is what? Old Aunt Betty Rambling. Oh, that's, uh, that's yeah, that's a different one. That's Black Betty. Yeah. I was listening to yeah. a different station. I got a lot of basketball games. Uh, that's <laughs> I'd probably have a remix of it with the old Aunt Betty if you'd like to hear it. I would. Would you uh, see if you can? It's just a bunch of her coughing with a guitar playing in the background. Well, so don't even worry about it's it. It's not going to be as bad as that one you played on Christmas Eve about the kid dying on Santa's lap. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a good one. That was awful. <laughs> Where me and McConnell insist that yeah. they get to the part where the kid dies. <laughs> Tune in to our Christmas Eve special. Yes, <laughs> you know, and here's the thing. I'm going to insist that we replay that show next year. Yeah, please edit that song out. No. <laughs> that was the strongest bit. <laughs> right up there with the Christmas shoes. Yes. From the UC Health Traffic Center, offering the only level four maternal care facility in Cincinnati, UC Medical Center provides the highest level of care for pregnant and... Eddie and Rocky talking about 
Joe Burrow. Will they, won't they? I mean, seriously. <laughs> there is, like I said, there's that camp that says, I'll trade him, trade him and get a all those draft picks and stuff. That's just silly. I, I think it is. I, I think you're, you should, you hope that you are rarely in the position to have the number one overall pick because that means you were awful that year. So if you do have it and happens to be a time when you're, Franchise, you need to get a quarterback, and your previous one is, you know, kind of getting a little bit uh, older. You got to do it. Let's go to Jim. Uh, Jim, you seem to think that uh, that's not necessarily the best idea. No, fellas. I'm like Willie. I deal in facts. Here we go. Okay. Kitty Anderson should be Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. We got Boomer Sison, Andy Dalton. Guess who has the best career quarterback rating and completion rating? Of all those quarterbacks, and he's only thirty-two. Yeah, it's Andy Dalton, but I mean, it's a different age of of, of football as well. And I, I don't know. Are you, are you going to want to? I to me, I just think we've seen Andy Dalton's ceiling here in Cincinnati, and I think it'd be best for him to move on to a different scenario and organization, have some success, and best for the Bengals to move on. And you know, and why pay him another contract and all that to get what we know we're going to get. I say most people are still can't get over the fact that they lost five playoff games with Andy. You know what I'm saying? And they blamed Andy. Actually, I go way back. I was I was actually at the Frenchman Bowl, and I was there when Kenny Anderson got benched and came back and won the MVP for the mm-hmm. NFL that season. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, Jim. And so thanks, man. Yeah, I, I would just. I mean, I think at one of those five games, you would think you would you know find a way to. To win one and get it done, or if, and if he's not going to in that in those five scenarios, what makes you think he's going to do it next year or in two or three years? Hey, Patrick, welcome to the program. What do you got? Hey, guys, how you doing? Love the show. Listen as often as I can. Thanks, brother. Um, yeah, I, I think Joe Burrow is uh, like the, is like cracked uh, Cincinnati Bengals fans, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm telling you. Two, three years from now, Cincinnati Bengal fans, we're going to be in withdrawals, and we're going to see, hey, Mike Brown, he did it again. Worked his magic. And uh, it's it's going to be one that's a great pick, sure, but nothing will ever come about it. So you think the pick will ultimately be squandered and that they won't surround him with the talent or, or all that sort of thing? No, I don't think so. They didn't do it with Andy Dalton. They're yeah. just not going to do it. They won't do it. It's 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 not part of their DNA. Yeah, there, look, there's, I mean, Tim McGee was kind of talking about that. It's, you, you wonder, is, Thanks, you know, the, uh, is, is the overriding theme, like, let's make sure we're good enough instead of just throw it all Being the win. best. But here's the other thing is, I think you could do that in years past, but the past two, three seasons, interest in this team, and it shows at the ticket gate, is low. I mean, this team is the, the lowest attendance oh, sure. of a team in its own stadium in the last two seasons. Uh, you're, now you're talking bottom line. You got to do something to win. One thing that brings people to games is winning. All right, period. Hey Jim, thanks for holding, buddy. What do you have? Rocky, I, you, you stole my thunder, man. Like you know, the big perspective here, and from a marketing perspective and perspective of everybody that's involved, if Joe Burrow is not picked, the Cyclones are going to have a larger. <laughs> season ticket base than the Bengals because people <laughs> will leave in droves. I mean, at the average game will have about 11,000 people at it, and by 2024, it will just be, you know, like 
Uh, Tumbleweeds, yes. A rust <laughs> belt. There's going to be a rust belt running through Paul Brown Stadium, and they're going to be forced to go to a different – I mean, this is a crucial point in Bengal history because if everybody turns their back because they, you know, do some kind of magic and draw for, you know, a trade – trade down or trade up or whatever, trade down for, you know, a bunch of different picks. Man, I'm telling you, people are going to leave in droves, and it, it just, it, it, it's just going to be, it's going to be the best of this team in this city. Agreed. Right. Thanks, thanks, Jay. And, and, you know, I think it's a great point. I mean, drafting Chase Young, great, great player, great defensive end. I don't think that's going to move massive amounts of people no. to say, I want to go down and see the Bengals now. Burrow, yeah, and you got to think about that. It's not just about what's it, – it, it, this is the double whammy because you're getting what's best for the team on the field, but you're also getting something from a fan interest, from a hardcore fan to a just kind of a fringe fan. They're like, wow, this guy some some kind of energy about this guy. I want to go see him play. you got to do it. By the way, uh, did you see that Ocho Cinco is going to try out for the XFL as a kicker? God, yeah. I just heard that today. Look it up. All right. I, I, I believe you. I believe right. you. Good for him. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, good luck to him. We got the news now. News Radio 700 WLW. Ah, the conversation's off the air. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie and Rocky, and you'll understand what we're talking about when I we get into our next segment called Hoop Talk. Yes. So, have you ever got your your penis stuck in something? <laughs> okay. Let me think. <laughs> All right, well, there's this guy. I, I, I would uh, remember if I did, I'm sure. This guy's 21-year-old uh, man uh, in, in Thailand, and he got his stuck in a metal pipe. Okay? So, let me propose a scenario to you. Let's say that did happen to you. Would you, A, go immediately to the hospital and do whatever it took to get cut off. I Would do. you be, right. you know, take a power tool, something to try to get it off yourself, or would you see, wait five days right. when it <laughs> got grossly infected before you went to the Thai hospital? You know, I'd, I'd try everything I could to get it off, but I don't think I'd wait five days. Right. Well, this guy I don't know if I want to go to the doctor and go, hey, doc, what the? Five days, okay, after getting stuck in a contraption, he... Uh, that he had made. It's, it, was, <laughs> it was a DIY sex toy. Right. Okay, he, he wasn't just walking down the road one day and no. go, wow, that's a good-looking pipe. No, he put some thought into this, okay? <laughs> yeah. And uh, after various days and trying to get off himself, he said, you know what? The hell with it. I got to go to the hospital. And he sought med- uh, medical attention. Um, the pain became too much, and it actually started to rot. Um, so, uh, so that's where, uh, so that's where we're at with this, this poor, poor, poor young man. Well, let that be a lesson to you, young man. <laughs> he wandered around his house for five days in extreme pain while trying various lubricants to free himself from the jam. Jeez. <laughs> he eventually oh, dragged himself to a hospital in Bangkok, uh, and explained the situation to the doctors and, um... He said that he used in the industrial equipment um, after oftentimes experimenting with a sock. So he went from us. 
Socks of this. All right. I need to jazz this up a little bit. This is not getting it done. <laughs> anyway, so there you uh, go. In other news of that nature, <laughs> uh, this uh, the the coach of the uh, Mike Vrabel, great yeah. football player back in the day, that guy. You know, I've gotten two concussions that I can verify in my NFL eight-year NFL career, and both of them came from him. Really? Running down on a kickoff. I'm like, I'm just going to run this son Boom! <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> he didn't budge. Like, like they were, usually, usually if I go full speed, they're going right, to go sure. down. This uh-uh. guy, he didn't go down. Uh, he is the nail, not the hammer. Not, the, now the uh, Titans head coach, right? Yes. So he's, great one. And uh, those guys are on their run, as everybody knows. So earlier in the season, after they had uh, they had won the game against the Ravens, he these guys, he goes on their podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. So he goes on their podcast. And they go, hey, remember what you said earlier in the season? And he had said earlier in the season that if uh, the Titans won the uh, Super Bowl, he would cut his penis off. <laughs> and <laughs> now it's looking further and further like a possibility. So uh, he was asked for clarification by a Sports Illustrated reporter. Listen, I didn't want to disappoint those guys when I went on the podcast. I knew they're going to ask me things that probably, if I just clammed up, the show wouldn't be very fun. So I tried to make it as fun as possible. <laughs> so uh, he uh, he said that, and when I guess originally the uh, original interview, they asked him about it. He goes, if, if they asked him if he would do that. You yeah. know, again, this is way early in the season. He goes, well, I've been married 20 years. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so they called him on it, and I, you know, everybody's having a good laugh about it. But uh, yeah, and they're saying, "Look, uh, a deal's a deal, a bet's a bet," right? Right. You said you'd Put do your it. money where your mouth is. Well, and if if he walks out at uh, halftime and does that, the, the people are be uh, like, "That guy's dedicated." That guy's dedicated. Football coaches are known for their dedication, so we'll uh, we'll see if he follows through. I, see, I think that's a little bit too much dedication. Honestly, uh, yeah, I, I, I would I, agree uh, with that. Uh, you go so far. I, I don't need my coach to fire go to your guys up. Right, I ain't doing that. No, nah. <laughs> and let me fire you up. Can I be your agent? Yes, I need one. You need an agent, son. Yes, you need to get fired up. Yes, this is bullcrap. The your network that you work for on television. They're about to pay. They're all going to offer Tony Romo between ten and fourteen million dollars yeah. to do Monday Night Football. That is insane. Insane, and he's good, and he's he's know, good. But God, dog, is he that good? It look it is, you know. Yes, the question is. Um, Kirk Cousins worth thirty million dollars a year? No, but that's kind of what the market will bear. Right? The market will bear. So I mean, should you know, should Tony Romo get paid more than a child brain surgeon? No, but that's you know, whatever. For better or for worse, that's the that's what the market demands, and that means what that'll mean is the rest of us. All the other crews will have to do with a little less. <laughs> That's my point. You need to go in there and start pounding on the table. Because they're going to cut your guy's salary. Yeah, they're going to pound hey. back on my table and we, say, there's a door. You don't we, like it. we got to pay Tony. Yeah. I don't know. But, man, because well, Monday Night Football to me is in trouble. They they seem to be struggling. 
Am I wrong there? I I, I that may, I think some people would would agree with that. And now the numbers for Monday Night Football were were good this year. Um, but I I mean, look, Tony Romo is. I think anyone would agree. He's on another level. He's really really good at what he does, and he's young, and you know, he's a guy you could you know you want to lock in for a long long time. But uh, and look, I mean, it's you know those those caliber big level games are what really what really does the business. So. But there's a lot, of, a lot of the other crews are like, God, man, we can't, uh, can't write off that, you know, that, there's three copy pages I wanted. Can't get that pay for here. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get my breakfast at the Holiday Inn comp? No? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You guys are going to be splitting up a McMuffin. That's right. Listen, three-way splitting the bagel. Back with Eddie and Rocky coming up here in... Yeah, about 15 minutes after the 4 o'clock news, we're going to be talking to a reporter from the Inquirer about this uh, Judge Don Gentry case in northern Kentucky. If you haven't been following this at all, you, you're going to want to hear this. It's very complex. It's very complex <laughs> and very weird. Very weird. And, and lurid. That's politics our, involved. And yes, it's really weird. Well, yeah. People, all kinds of weird sex, sex, and more sex. Exactly. If, yes. Again, if you don't know anything about this, you want to hear this. Yes, that'd be good. Um, so, did uh, I saw this story? I thought that was interesting. So, there's a library, and this is in uh, this is the Carnegie Library in Pittsburgh. Um, they happen to be kind of digging through their their books a little bit and their inventory, and they found they were missing. Somewhere in the neighborhood of eight million dollars in rare items from their library. Holy crap! Yes. Um, so, and this is you know they finally started looking into it and found out all these things. You know these priceless books and things like that were missing, and then uh, basically did an investigation. And three years later, uh, they come to find out there was a guy on the inside who basically admitted to stealing to stealing these things and selling them at a local bookstore. Uh, two men have pleaded guilty to theft and receiving stolen property uh, after an alleged $8 million worth of rare books, plates, and maps were taken from a Pittsburgh library and sold to a rare book owner. Court documents show the theft is among the world's largest losses to date. Uh, Gregory Priori, a former archivist at the Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh, as I mentioned, uh, was charged with 10 counts but pleaded down to theft of unlawful taking and receiving of stolen property. Um, both are felonies, of course. Um, prosecutors allege that the relationship be, uh, between Peori and his accomplice Schumann dates back to 1992 and lasted for 25 years until a Carnegie Library staff member auditing the museum's uh, Oliver Room, where they keep all their precious stuff, um, noted that some of the pieces were vandalized or missing altogether. How about that? It's always the guy on the inside, right? Well, uh, yeah, well... Uh, duh, watch, uh, watch a movie. I know, right? It's always those guys. Yeah. So 
How about that? Just, you know, a little bit here and there. And I'm sure, and I don't know this, but I'm sure every employee was like, you know, that guy seemed like an all right guy, you know, and just. Sure. Absolutely. I, I got a, I got a, I think I've told you this before, but I got a, um, a family friend who was involved in the, in the restaurant business, had like a, a pizzeria and it, you know, his dad had it and then he took it over and there was this old little old lady, right. Who worked for him for like 25 years. Right. And everyone loved her and she was the best and this and that. And, um, she finally got old, you know, got old enough and she retired through this fantastic, right. um, you know, retirement party. And then after she retired, they started noticing that the drop was each month was higher than it normally has been. <laughs> and they weren't selling many more pizzas than normal. So, ergo, sweet little, sweet little old uh, Ethel was was scraping. Grabbing a 20 here and there. Wow. That? Yeah. That's funny. That's, some, hmm. that's the way you do it, though, I reckon. I guess. That's Did they go think. back on her? I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't think there's yeah, any, I guess there's no security footage. Yeah, I guess no, if you didn't have any way to prove it, right? Right, and she's gonna say, well, I, "What are you talking about?" But you know, you're sure. looking at like, well, we've ordered the same amount of pizza sauce and pepperoni and dough, but all of a sudden we're making this much more money. Put two and two together, see the day's working, and there you go. So you're talking about that theft. It sounds like a movie. Check out this. This sounds a lot like a movie. Ashley Barno was boarding a flight at San Diego uh, International Airport uh, flying to Chicago. Hmm? Just a lady traveling on business. So she's sitting there and just like scrolling through her phone or whatever, and then she gets uh, pinged. By the way, I must tell you that you are gorgeous, came the message. Okay. He's like, uh, okay, uh, who are you? How do you uh, have this number? And uh, the response came, you guess. I just saw you at the airport again. You're looking very gorgeous in your gray top today. As she was sitting there in her gray, gray top. top. <laughs> she's looking all around like, what the hell? Okay. So she uh, gets on the, goes and gets on the plane. And after uh, she got on the plane... The, uh, let's see, where's the next message? The guy said, oh, she gets a message saying, um, continue after she got on the plane. This is weird, she wrote to him. Then she learned that he was on board, too. Who really? He eventually identified himself as Ahmad, told her that uh, he saw her get on the plane, that he watched her silently as she passed uh, his aisle seat in... Is aisle 15 seat. So you're telling her where you're sitting. He's getting bolder and bolder as this whole charade is going on. He told her he'd be able to get her a better seat. You want to sit next to me? What's your seat number? I want to sit here and chat the whole flight. He said, will you join me? I have two seats open next to me. Uh, he said, uh, blah. And apparently he keeps harassing her and she's just freaking out. Right. Of course. And uh, he's like, I can get you all this stuff. I can get you into the Sky Club. I can get you first class, yada, yada, yada. And uh, so she goes, listen, how did you get this number? And he said, a message came back, honestly, I got it from your bag tag. So the guy, this guy works at the airport, got the information off her bag tag, got on the plane to follow her to Chicago. Now, if that would have freaked you out just a little bit, 
One of the messages, he, she said, leave me alone, then sent her a bunch of messages in a row. One of them, friendship with me will be very beneficial to you. Getting creepier and creepier. Yeah, so it just kept going on, and the other guys are like, uh, so it towards. So, so he's an airline worker. He worked for the airline. Yes, yes. Okay, like a bag handler. Or a... Correct. Okay. So I guess he was flying like uh, you know how they do. They just fly in the dummy seats or whatever the hell they call those things, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there just watching her the whole time, and he, they're getting like towards the destination. And uh, it was like, how was your flight? I know Chicago is your final destination. This so. is not the right way to go about it, bud. You can ask a girl out. Yeah. You can, you know. And he also said in the course of one of those, uh, this is not the first time I've done this. <laughs> so American Airlines, needless to say, is freaking out. It's apologizing to her. Well, this poor woman's got like PTSD now. She is freaked out. Saying, could you imagine just sitting there on the plane and just like waiting for your phone to ping and then it does and there's another creep Like message? I said, isn't that like a movie? Totally. That should be a script for a movie. Well, this woman could sell her story and make yeah, a ton of money. Seriously, that's creepy. So coming up, speaking of creepy stuff, we're going to have the story of Judge, of Judge Don Gentry in northern Kentucky. You're going to want to hear the details of this because it is weird. But now the news. News Radio 700 WLW. Judge Don Gentry, northern Kentucky. I want to get uh, make sure that I have it exactly straight. She is a family court judge, mm-hmm. right? Kenton yep. County Family Court Judge. And uh, she's under all kind of uh, misconduct charges. There's, uh, there's revenge. There's kind of uh, complicit behavior of uh, every kind of nature. Yes, there's some inside baseball. Yes, there's uh, sex involved. It's, it, it's really a crazy story. Right, and she's facing, what, nine accusations of misconduct uh, from a state body that oversees the judges. This is according to the Kentucky Judicial Conduct Commission. And, yeah, it's just a, a very complex uh, case here, and um, it's, it's got a little bit for everybody. And this woman has been covering it for the Inquirer, I believe, the whole time on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. Julia Fair, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We're doing great. So, Joey, I told you on the phone today that, you know, this has got everything the Eddie and Rocky show are about. There's revenge. There's there's arm twisting. There's sex. I mean, it's pretty lurid mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, take us back to the beginning. How did this, where did it start? Sure. So this started, um, the, the Judicial Conduct Commission filed their official charges against the judge in um, November. Um, they had been conducting their own investigation about the nine misconduct charges for a few months prior, but they handed the charges to the judge in November, and then the commission made it public um, in early December. So that's really when the ball got rolling on everything. Everyone found out about it in December. Um, and how the judge often turned to sex campaign contributions and retaliation as um, tools in her judgeship and her work at the courthouse. And, and from what I'm reading about this and for what I understand, I mean, the main thing, especially when it comes to the, the sexual allegations, it's mm-hmm. it, it's not that anyone cares what, what she did either inside or outside her marriage or relationship. It, it's just the fact that it was done with 
other attorneys, which kind of, you know, you start to wonder, hey, man, like this is kind of a uh, and I know a lot of judges face this because you're around other judges and other attorneys most of the Mm -hmm. time. So these are the people you hang out with. You just can't be hanging out with them like that because it looks bad. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. That's a great point to make. It's not that the judge allegedly had sex. It's about who it allegedly was with. Um, one person and part of the charges was um, a man named Stephen Penrose, who was a former church pastor, who the judge hired as her case specialist, and the charges allege that she was having an affair with him. So the only reason the commission cares about this is because um, he was an employee. And then the other um, charge related to sex is that the judge allegedly approached an attorney who she appointed to a panel that she um, was in charge of. So this woman's employment was in the judge's hands. That The judge approached that attorney for a threesome. And so the only reason the commission cares about it is because it's related mm-hmm. to her work in the courthouse. Right. now, and, and also, just correct me if I'm wrong, but did I not see that? I mean, she originally said that there was absolutely... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No truth to these sexual allegations. But then when she testified, did she not say that that certain things did happen? What are the details with that? Um, so, yeah, I'll correct you just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So she still denied that the sexual encounters did not happen. Okay. She said they did not happen. What she said during the hearing was that she let her relationship get a little too close with um, Stephen Penrose and the other attorney who um, allegedly the judge approached about having um, a sexual encounter with. So she said that her relationship got a little too close, but she did deny the actual sexual encounter. Okay, but didn't really... Specify well, going further. Well, right? wasn't yeah. there a woman, a secretary of, of some nature, an assistant, that the uh, allegation is that they were uh, in her uh, chambers carrying on? There is. So we are. We haven't heard too much about that allegation yet. Um, I think we'll hear more about it during the disciplinary hearing that has not been scheduled yet. But there is another charge that the judge allegedly. Um, and the judge and her case specialist um, and the secretary engaged in a sexual encounter. It doesn't quite say sex. It's a sexual encounter in a courtroom office. Um, so I think we're going to find out more about that during the disciplinary hearing, if anything. Okay. Okay. So what what all does this disciplinary hearing encompass? Is she going to be nailed down? I, I assume under oath. She's going to have to answer these questions right. accurately, mm-hmm. whether and kind of go into detail, right? Sure. So during the disciplinary hearing, we're going to hear all about the full details about the nine charges, the misconduct charges that the judge faces. The um, temporary removal hearing alone was nine hours long in Louisville, and that was just going over 13 pieces of evidence just to say, should this judge be removed while they continue the investigation? So the disciplinary hearing is going to go through all nine misconduct charges um, and the worst case scenario for the judge is that she could face removal. So is she still sitting the bench right now while all this is going on? No, she is um, suspended right now. Um, okay. I believe a temporary judge was appointed to the family court. Um, so she, um, she was 
suspended with pay. Okay, so the, and then the disciplinary hearing is next. What what comes after that? What how does this thing look down the line to you? Um, so the disciplinary hearing hasn't been scheduled yet. I'm keeping a close eye on that, and as soon as it's scheduled, um, there will be a story uh, about it on the Inquirer. Um, but that should take place over the next – I've heard it could take place in the next two or three months. Um, more questions are to be answered about that, about the specifics, about exactly when that's going to happen. And one of the things you said, and, and finally here, Julia, is the mm-hmm. uh, somebody mentioned retaliation earlier. And that's mm-hmm. also one of the big charges here, too, is that she basically had a, whatever, for lack of a better way to put it, an enemies list for people she considered not supporting her during her uh, uh, reelection campaign or whatever. And uh, was uh, basically like, okay, you, you, and you, oot. I mean, is that, is that, mm-hmm. isn't that part of it? That is part of it. Um, I'll give you an example of one of the retaliation charges that the judge faces, one of the anecdotes that kind of goes into the retaliation at the center of this case. There was an attorney, and his name is Mike Hummel, who was also on a panel that the judge was in charge of. Um, and Mike Hummel did not donate the maximum amount to the judge's yeah. uh, 2018 election. Um, and in his own words, he felt that he lost his place on the panel because he did not um, donate the maximum amount or do enough canvassing for the judge during um, her campaign. So that's, that's one of the retaliation um, anecdotes that's related to this case. All right. With that, Julia Fair, we'll let you go. Thanks so much for talking to us, and uh, we'll touch base again along the way to find out what else is going on in this thing. Sounds good. Thanks, Julia. Thanks. See, I don't want to be involved in some lurid scandal. That's not your style, you know? Yeah, I used to be, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I have it in me anymore. I'd just like to see if I can still do it. (laughs) Touche. Don't we all? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I still got it in me. I still got it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, see, now my my wife didn't even divorce me. She just hit me. What the hell are you thinking? Stupid. What are you trying to prove? I'm like, well, I guess I proved it, but now I'm just in trouble. Now I'm just in trouble and <laughs> no end in sight. For and me. I'm sorry, honey. And she'll be like, guys, right. get some milk on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. Rob, you know, what are you going to do? Such is the life. That's right. Live by the sword, die by the sword. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much the truth. But you know what I'm saying? Sometimes don't you want to just prove you can still do that? Yep. There's a lot of men who have used that as a defense that has never worked. A lot of head Ever. nodding in the traffic right now. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I just uh, I just got myself in this jam, honey, see, because I wanted to see if I could still do it. Oh, really? Okay. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're butt deep in the yeah, let's thing. Let's see and... if you can still sleep on a couch by yourself <laughs> for exactly. a month. Like I said, you just hit me, so I, whatever. That's funny. From the UC Health Bad Traffic. dog. <laughs> Wham. <laughs> newspaper across the snoot. Yeah, oh, that, I, I hope. <laughs> It'd be more a newspaper. From the UC Health Traffic Center, offering the only level four. Eddie and Rocky, uh, you're always talking about wanting to go out and do that naked and afraid or oh, yeah. naked and desperate or whatever the hell it's called. Naked and afraid, yes. Naked dating, all the naked shows. Yes. You're totally down with any of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, uh, I don't think he's going to do it naked, but this uh, Walenda family is, uh, they're they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Would you not agree with that? Yeah. Who Who is the, the 
Was it Carl? I think Carl Walenda was the old, was the whatever. He was the head guy. He the was patriarch. the dad. He was yeah. the patriarch of the family. I don't know if he was the grandpa or the dad. Okay. But uh, nonetheless, so now his uh, whoever, grandson, son, Nick Walenda is carrying it on. This is the guy that walked across the Niagara Falls, uh, Grand Canyon, and Times Square. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now in March, he's going to walk over an active volcano. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Godly. He's going to do it at the uh, Messiah Volcano in Nicaragua. Because, you know, just walking across your average volcano ain't enough. This is one of the few volcanoes in the world that's got an active lava pool there. You know, like you always think of a uh, volcano when you see them in the movies and they got the lava bubbling down there. Right, yeah. Because most of those volcanoes are just kind of... they're yeah, just dormant. It's dormant, but it's just... I mean, I've seen some of the uh, volcanoes down in Hawaii, and it just looks like a desert that's smoking right, <laughs> and right. steam coming off it, right? Right. And there's no... You don't see lava until it just badoosh and blows up. See, but that's the thing. Was it not, uh, what, a couple months ago that... Was it New Zealand... That active volcano yes. they're taking the tourists that to. Island and, blew and up. One, one second, everything was fine. The next second, I mean, people died in that. So, you know, you got to be careful. Imagine that rope getting hot and stuff like that. Running over all that. I yeah. fully realize why no one has ever attempted this feat. Yeah. <laughs> Mother Nature is extremely unpredictable. This is by far the most dangerous walk I've ever attempted. See, that that's the thing about that profession, though, is... I mean, it, it, it keeps getting crazier and crazier because you got to outdo the last trick or the last thing or the last right. guy. Yep. The end result is you or somebody died. That, that was a, I remember them talking about that movie Free Solo, right? The Alex Honnold guy, and, right. and you know, and all he, you know, free free climbed El Capitan. This one guy in the movie was like, the reason why there's not many people that do this is. They die because you got to outdo the next thing. You can't just climb a a tree or something anymore. You got to you know you got to do some death defying stuff that usually doesn't. And a lot of those free solo climbers don't live into their forties. You know, what I mean? there's a reason for that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it only takes one muff up, and you're right, that's it. Yeah, you know? yeah. If you, and you know what? We can't say enough. If you've never seen that movie, check it out. Check it out because it will scare the, especially if you're afraid of heights or something like that. It'll scare the hell out of you. It, it, it has everything. It has, obviously, the death defying, in my opinion, the greatest athletic, the single I, greatest athletic is right up there, but ever, it's not. In my opinion. But then he's just such a unique, odd guy. You yeah. know what I mean? And, you know, and so there's kind of two things that are, you know, really captivating about him. And, I mean, when it says free solo, it's free solo. He doesn't have a rope. He has nothing. He's got his toes and his fingertips. And he climbs up this sheer... It's a 3,000 feet. 3,000 feet up, yeah, straight up. Straight granite, up. Sheer face. Yeah, and there's I mean, there's parts where you almost basically have to jump from one thing to the next and grab, and all you got is this little crack to fit your fingers in. Forget it. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> and another, th- uh, and something of a related nature, this guy, uh, his, uh, Ryan Shepard's his name. He lives in out in Greeley, Colorado. He's a storm trace, uh, chaser. You know, you, you, is that something you'd do? I mean, I, I think it'd be cool. If I had this guy's car, I would. We got to get this guy on the show. I want. I do want to get a hold of him. He bought the Tornado Intercept vehicle. Yes. 
that was in apparently in some storm chasing IMAX movie. You know what? I saw that. I saw that movie at the IMAX. This is, God, this is probably eight years ago. Yeah. And it's got the things that like go the spikes that like bear down into the ground. It's yeah. real, real low. Profile. It looks like a Mad Max vehicle. Right. So apparently the it was built. Well, probably that sounds about right. Two thousand seven. The uh, movie was called uh, Tornado Alley. I saw it. Somebody they put it up for sale online, and this <laughs> yes. guy saw it. He immediately bought it and moved from Illinois to Colorado in two days. And just, I mean, totally changed his life, his profession, everything. He just overnight said, I got the car, now I'm going to be a storm chaser. He just decided to do it full-time. Apparently he did it as a hobby, but now he's he's all in. The uh, truck is uh, built out of the frame of a Dodge Ram 3500 uh, 3, truck. 14,000-pound armored vehicle that has a 90-gallon tank, gas tank, can travel 800 miles without a refill. God. It's designed to go through tornadoes. It was tested in 25 uh, various wind conditions from a jet engine as well as 175-mile-an-hour winds from an actual tornado. Yeah. So now, how cool would it be to have that thing? That'd be awesome. You'd be sitting there, I mean, literally the eye of the tornado, in the middle of the eye of the tornado like that, and just hearing all that stuff and seeing what's going on. See, look. Be cool. It's fun to think about. I don't know if I could, if I would do it or not. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to trust the spikes in the ground and all that stuff. I want to go Dorothy and Toto. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, here. <laughs> I want to know that I'm still going to be on the ground at the end of the day. That's right. The end result of it, it doesn't work. It means you're, you're flying around like you said in the, in the air with, uh, with Toto. So, I mean, not saying that I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind being off to, way off to the side I would, I would to like see to tornadoes see I going would, by. I don't want to get up right next to it. I totally would like to see, a, from a distance, of course, a right, tornado sure. or and or a hurricane, just to, just to see how massively powerful that is. That would be pretty cool. So coming up, you know, we've been hearing all about this uh, Astros cheating scandal the last few days. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been picking up information from about this thing in kind of drips and drabs, right. a little bit mm -hmm. here, a little bit there. So to try to piece it all together is kind of difficult. Right. I mean, this is obviously a giant story in baseball. Giant story, more and more things coming out about apparently pervasive throughout the entire team and organization. So, so what do you do? A lot of people are saying, how do you allow this team to right. – still keep the World Series title and all that sort of thing. So we're going to be talking to Bob Nightingale coming up. Beat writer. Is this Bob from USA Today? Matt? Yeah. Okay. Baseball beat guy from USA Today. So break it all down for us. But now the news. News Radio 700 WLW.
So, Rock, before the news there, we were talking about this Astros scandal that's hitting baseball hard right now. And you and I both agree. I mean, I I know the basics, and it's all kind of coming at you from different angles, released at different times, drips and drabs, you know, death by a thousand cuts here. Right. I mean, but the more you read about it, the more you realize if this is tolerated even in the slightest, I mean, this brings this shakes the game to its very core because this is not something that happened off the field. This is not, uh, you know, a PED. This is legitimate. This is in game cheating that seemed to be pervasive throughout the entire organization. Let's uh, get to a breakdown of it all on the acute hearing centers dot com hotline. Beat uh, baseball beat guy for USA Today, Bob Nightingale. Thanks for coming on with us. Uh, sure, my pleasure. So, Bob, where let's let's break it down from the beginning. Where did all this start? I mean, I know the the misbehavior. Yeah, it started with that. But did somebody blow the whistle? What happened there? There was always rumors and uh, allegations against the Astros, and nobody could quite figure out what they were doing. You know, it went on with several teams as well. And then uh, the bottom line, it was Mike Fires, uh, the Oakland A's pitcher, who pitched for the uh, Astros in 2017. He blew the whistle and yeah. said, hey, these guys have been team for a while now, uh, tipping signs. And I'm sure he was mad. I was actually at that game in the early September when he got lit up. I think the Astros won that game, something like 15-0, to 15-1. And, uh, you know, he kind of – you know, mention it like, oh, it was, like, it was almost like around every pitch. And then at some point in the offseason, he decided to unload on them, and that's what got the investigation started. So do they know how long or has it been confirmed how long this has been going on? Are we talking one season, two, five? What, what's going on here? Uh, talking about 17 and 18 for sure. MLB said they couldn't find anything in 19. Other clubs, that's hard to believe, and the Washington Nationals, they were taking the uh, you know photographs and video, uh, trying to catch the uh, Astros doing things. But so far, seven, just 17 and 18, and that's pretty much when it got out of control. Just with the uh, the last few years, people using that instant replay monitor and using it to steal signs. So they're giving, from what I'm gathering, there were signals being given via what trash cans or drums or <laughs> what the hell was going on there. Yeah, what it was is just a computer feed, so just a live TV feed like you see at home. But it's live, so no uh, no two second delay or anything. And then, uh, and what they would do is they could look at the catcher's uh, signs, and then they could you know hit that trash can. Hey, if I if I hit the trash cans or breaking ball, if you hear nothing, it's gonna be a fastball, and you know and do it that way. And so it would just say uh, different methods. There's, you know, whistling and everything else. I feel like, I mean, if the other team was just beating a garbage can for no, I feel like some, wouldn't somebody be like, what the hell are you doing over there, right? Like, what, what is the need to, to be doing this? It's not like a Little League, um, you know, a Fourth of July tournament here. What's going on? Yeah, I'm surprised that never came out earlier. You're right. Particularly the, the fans are sitting right above the dugout. They should be able to hear it. Uh, you would think people sitting to the side, you know, would hear something. And, uh, you know, even that TV reporters are, you know, are right there by there. So, yeah, it's just weird that it was never detected. You don't know how often they use the uh, the trash can beating, but it, but it was used. Wow. Uh, so 
What do you think in your in your mind is going to happen to these guys? I mean, obviously, but a couple of guys have gotten fired, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, record but, fine. Is there going to be an asterisk in the record book? Are they going to take the title from them? In your mind, what is ultimately going to happen? Yeah, I mean, this is. I mean, this is it. I think what ultimately happens is other teams be investigated. Uh, the Boston Red Sox are being investigated right now. Uh, I think Alex Cora, their manager, is going to get a two-year suspension, and he'll probably get fired. Uh, I don't foresee him, you know, managing another game for Boston. So then I think other guys may say, "Hey, uh, hey check out this team. When I was on this team, we were doing this." So you might have a lot of disgruntled players or former players kind of speaking out on their thing. Uh, but yeah, you can't put an asterisk or, or anything like that. I mean, like a, a Barry Bonds, there's no, you know, there's no asterisk, there's one run record or anything, you know, right. like that. So uh, you can't bake, you can't vacate titles, you know, like in NCAA. So you just be kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a black mark against them. And people always wonder, could they have won the 17 World Series without cheating? But, but, Bob, think about how many careers were affected both positively and negatively. Think if you're like a career, you know, 220 hitter. Now, all of a sudden, for over the course of two seasons, you're getting the signals. Now your statistics are out of this world. I'm sure there were guys you could trace it back that were you know, paid pretty well, right? Maybe outside of what their normal, you know, due was, was to get. And then also players, pitchers in particular, that – all of a sudden, maybe didn't get the contract or the the team assignment that they because they're like, my God, your numbers are no good here, right? Well, you know, it's a lot like the PED era, right? You know, it's about the, the uh, steroids and stuff like that, making guys, uh, you know, hit hit the home runs like that without uh, you know using uh, steroids. Uh, you know, even today, there's so many so many home runs being hit, to everything else. You know, uh, there's a lot of people in the game think there's a lot of stuff going on now. You know, involving PEDs once again. So it's like, you know, you can, it's hardly ever stopping to make sure that the game is absolutely clean. Really? So I, I did not hear that, Bob. So you're saying there's grumblings of, of PED use PED now, stuff, huh? huh? Yeah, and it's not just a juice ball. There's some juice, some juice players, too. You know, you're seeing the balls, you know, yeah, the, the balls are on tighter and people think they're juice, but they shouldn't be flying out like they were. Yeah, I mean, there's so, second yeah, baseman hitting 25 home runs anymore. That's unheard of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so some, yeah, some of the stuff we're seeing is a little bit out of control. So scouts and baseball people uh, have been talking about, particularly last year, that like something funny is going on. How are they able to get away with it here? All right, we're talking to Bob Nightingale, uh, beat, uh, national beat writer for baseball for USA Today. And, Bob, you had mentioned some other teams a little while ago. Um, how pervasive do you think this type of behavior by the Astros is? Do you think that everybody does it to us just uh, maybe a little, you know, whatever, a broad range of degrees that they're involved in this stuff is, or is it just a certain amount? Well, the Astros uh, doing the investigation, they told MLB about eight different teams are using stuff or or doing things. So you're talking about one of of every four teams that were using the technology. Now, everybody tries to steal signs, you know, with their eyeballs and things like that. and. You know, you hear about guys in the bullpen, you know, putting a towel down or crossing their arms. Uh, yeah, that's been, you know, the legal way. You know, maybe not maybe not ethical, but it's always gone along. Uh, but, yeah, to do electronically, you know, this just kind of came about with the advent of instant replay, and people are using those monitors illegally. All right, with that, Bob, we'll let you go, man. Thanks so much for talking to us. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Bob uh, Nightingale, USA Today.
It's like the mob. Everybody's rolling on everybody. The Houston Astros saying, look, if we're going down, we're taking seven other teams with us, right? Well, see, that's what's so dumb about it is these guys move team to team to team all the time. I mean, that's just baseball now. Yeah. and You, you go don't, to, yeah, you don't think somebody right. ain't going to rat you out? Right. Yeah, you go to, <laughs> hey, guys, look, I played for this team for two years. I'm just telling you what we did. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point. You know, how do you think you're going to get away with that over the course of, of – a couple well, of seasons. especially like he just pointed out that uh, A's pitcher got lit up by the Astros and goes, huh, and then just blows them in after they beat him 15 nothing, And he's like, "You th- boy, it seemed like they even knew what I was going to pitch. Because <laughs> they did. Because they did. <laughs> uh, we got ABC News coming up next, but now we check in. Out on night. The last Democratic debate before the Iowa caucus. God, it is. It's right around the corner. Wow. There we Man, go. this this whole seat, this this whole process has flown by, right? It, it has. I, I feel like it's you know all the other stuff that's going on, and the, I believe it's this is purposeful. You know, all the impeachment and all that is kind of taken away attention from this. Because I think a lot of people believe the Democratic field is very weak and not, no one's really standing out and it's kind of like no one's really emerging. So it's almost taking away some trying to take away attention from it. But at some point, somebody's got to win. And who's it going to be? Let's go to the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline and talk to our friend Michelle Franzen about it from ABC. Michelle, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Are you ready for the debate? That's what we're just popcorn ready and our our Diet Coke. And uh, just uh, just talking about it. Is it going to be knives out tonight, Michelle? I mean, everybody. I mean, seriously, everybody going to be out going out for blood because, man, it's getting down to it. I think that's the big question. Of course, we have the first debate of this year. It's the seventh overall. Um, I think a lot of potential voters are going to be sort of making that pivot. You guys were saying that it's been taking up space otherwise with the impeachment, everything else going on. Tonight, I think uh, we are going to see a little bit more um, from the candidates in terms of trying to break out of the pack. It's uh, just weeks to go now before the Iowa caucuses. Of course, this debate takes place in Des Moines, Iowa. They're trying to convince those voters in that state as well as sort of take the lead and break out um, nationwide. Polls are all over the place. Um, And then you've got this uh, sort of brewing feud the past few days between the the most progressive of the the Democratic candidates, right, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, who've been going back and forth, uh, sort of cracks in their pact of not to be uh, aggressive on this campaign. So how do you see it tonight? I mean, for every poll I look at, it shows Biden in a a you know, fairly clear lead around 26 percent. And then you got, you know, Bernie Sanders, you know, second around 20 and then Elizabeth Warren, Mayor Pete. Then after that, no one seems to have much of a shot. How do you see this one playing out? Do, do the do the other three kind of gang up on Joe Biden or do, the, do Sanders yeah. and Warren try to you know duke it out for uh, socialist supremacy? What do you see tonight? <laughs> I think that uh, pretty much anyone's up for grabs tonight in terms of those top three that you mentioned of going going after them and the issues. It, the polls, as I mentioned, are sort of, you know, you can't really gauge them and count on them. They're sort of still all over the place. You've got a local poll in Iowa that puts Bernie Sanders ahead in some cases, uh, and you had uh, – 
certainly had Buttigieg, who was also leading in the polls early on, and he sort of slipped down seemingly in the polls these last few weeks. But it will be interesting to see what happens on that stage tonight, how they're going to tackle that sort of rift in between Sanders and Warren. Will they address it at all? I sort of think that they probably have to with what's been playing out over the last two days. It just depends on what degree that they they go after each other or how harsh they are with their own campaign statements. Um, I think Joe Biden probably heads into this um, sort of under the radar in that respect of whatever happens with Sanders and Warren, but he's still in the hot seat with uh, some questions, you know, surrounding the whole um, impeachment inquiry into Burisma and his son, Hunter Biden, and everything that's going on with that. We'll see if that comes up within Democrats or within the questions that will be asked. Um, but it will be one of those sort of pivotal moments, I think, where you are going to see now everyone's going to get a little bit more serious. Michelle, you mentioned Joe Biden. I feel like his strategy up to this point has kind of been not going to try to win it, just going to try to not lose it and kind of yeah, let everyone else head down. Yeah, knock themselves out. Because, look, he's got far and away the most name ID I, I don't know if he is, but at least I think the general consensus is he's kind of the most in the middle. Do you think tonight he needs to kind of you know, try to win this thing, or does he continue to kind of slow play it and allow these other ones just to kind of knock themselves off, and he's just going to wind up getting it anyway? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, you know, whatever questions come his way um, and whoever goes after him, that he addresses those and answers those like any of the other candidates. But um, he's in a good position leading into this this debate tonight. Um, he's not the top sort of uh, candidate that they're all going to be going after necessarily because of the uh, dynamics that are going on between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders right now. All right. With that, Michelle, we'll let you go. Thanks so much for talking to us. Get that popcorn ready. You got it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. Uh, Bye-bye. I got some Excedrin and some uh, cocktails <laughs> ready to rock. Yeah, some people are going with popcorn and you know, Diet Coke, and you're going with Excedrin. <laughs> straight and straight to Excedrin and Jack. Uh, so coming up. This is kind of interesting. We're going to be talking about a couple of things. Yeah, this is uh, you know local, and, and I'll get into it more, but there's a company has seriously hidden, hidden treasure, okay, has hidden these treasure boxes out in my neck of the woods in Harrison, okay, and it's kind of something that there's just some riddles out there, and people got to try to find it and whatnot, and uh, we've got various topics springing off of that. Who doesn't like a good mystery? We shall discuss after the news right now. News Radio 700 WLW. Who doesn't love a good mystery? Figuring it out. Everybody loves to at least try. Some of us get frustrated sooner than others, but yeah. Yes, and this is this is pretty cool. This is local, and again, my sort of my neck of the woods this is uh, out in Harrison, Ohio. Two treasure tress, uh, chests, Ed. Each filled with a 24 karat pure gold pure gold bar, excuse me, valued at nearly a hundred bucks, are currently hidden across uh, Harrison, um, which is you know 20 miles west of the city, and you can maybe find one of these two chests if you uh, simply solve the riddle. Now they've been placed across the city by a company called Division Arcade and Board Games. They're a family-owned and operated you know virtual reality arcade and game store kind of thing, right? Okay. And they just said, hey, look, this is cool. Basically, who doesn't, as a kid, ever dream of 
hunting treasure and things like sure. that. So there's currently, again, two chests uh, being held. And uh, do you want the riddles? Oh, do you have them all? Oh, I got them right here. Uh, the clue for chest number one. With walkers and riders and bark of a dog, search for the goods, I sleep like a log. Hidden I am, but not far out of reach. Take only the chest and go in peace. Now, the second clue for this is, or another clue is, location where a person can ride something, especially a scooter, bicycle, skateboard, or unicycle. The riddle for chest number two is, in a spot often forgotten but not far away with a name that fits me, I may be wet or dry with clouds that pass by. I'm a place to walk, a place to play, and a good way to spend your day. Though unexpected, my views may amaze you. As as you explore, you might hear a tweet, Twitter, cheap, or a chirp. Take only the chest and perhaps get some rest. So, mm. my very smart uh, friend, where's the damn chest at? Tell me. The second one's in Miami Whitewater. See, I, I, I certainly one of them is. Yes. I, I think the first one, but I mean, one of them is Definitely. somewhere at Miami Whitewater. Definitely. Where else can you that. ride a scooter or a unicycle right. at? That's where I ride my unicycle, by the way. Um, of course. Um, See, I think it's the second one. The first one, is there like a bike path or a, a dog park or something there? Harrison, that you're aware of? There's, I mean, a lot of people, people walk, like to run their dogs. Well, that's that would be at the park. That's where okay. a lot of people go yeah, for that. that makes sense. It's not really a separate uh, kind of thing. Um, so there's on these chests, there's a key to unlock it, and then, well, you, you got to you take the chest, you go to the store here, right? The store that, these, that put these things out, get the key, open it up. And so, again, it's it's 100, uh, where did I read this at? It's like 100 bucks in there right now in gold. Um, if it's not found during uh, the next 60 to 90 days, the value will double to 200, then 400, then 800 until the chest is found. So, in, uh, in theory... This could end up being worth about ten million dollars if nobody finds about it time for like two hundred years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Some some guy mowing the lawn is gonna like find this in like twenty years and one. Right. <laughs> but no, are they going to keep giving clues, or is that pretty much it? I, that I do not know. But um, it's it's kind of on their uh, again the diversion d i v r s i o n. The version is the company, and I guess they got their own Facebook page. You can look into details a little more and maybe find this thing. I'm not doing anything this weekend. Maybe I'll get the get the dog out. And... So what are we going to do? Have you ever been on a treasure hunt kind of a thing here? I never have. Have you done one of those like uh, like treasure hunts or those, what, what do you call those things? Like the... Um... The escape rooms? Well, oh, those too. Have you ever done one of those? No. I have done one. I have a little advice. So we, by the don't. way, we were, yeah, yes, yeah. If you want any, if you want to keep any of your friends, right. don't do it with them. I suggest that because we did one for my wife's birthday. God, this probably four years ago, and um, you got to have. Uh, there's like a certain amount. Of, I think we want. I want to say we had like eight or ten people, which is too many. There's too many opinions, you know, floating around. Too much dead weight. To be honest, you need about, you know, like about five or six. Good people. Any any more, any less, probably not good. That's the, that's the the main thing. I, my main suggestion with those things. So it's kind of like uh, again, like a movie. There's always going to be some guy flopping off to the side who didn't care. 
somebody who thinks they have all the answers and they don't and yeah. all that. And Maybe like, one of your friends is kind of on the inside and is purposely trying to lead you off the case. You just don't know. <laughs> have you, you've really thought that through. <laughs> Trust me. These are the things I think about. Um, did you, would, did I, you escape the room? No, and we got screwed. Let me just tell you. So <laughs> during the course, like, I, and I forget exactly the scenario because, again, it's like four or five years ago, but we, we had gotten to some clue, and they kind of, you know, if you're, as you're doing stuff, they'll kind of be like, yeah, that's kind of the right way to go. So we kind of had done something, and then, the you know, or we kind of, you know, did, you know went, went kind of one direction, and it was like, no, that wasn't right. So we kind of, you know, went, and then the, kind of like five minutes later, a guy just comes back over the loudspeaker and says, no, that actually was the what you were supposed to do. And we were literally like 60 seconds from, from making the time on this thing. We just missed it. Uh, That's what I'm blaming, at least. Boy, sure. But seriously, we was like, you know, this is the way you're supposed to go. No, it's not. Well, you actually, it turns out it is. And see, I'm I'm enough like you that I that would drive me crazy because I would just end up getting frustrated and mad. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's part of it. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to get in a fight with your wife over it. No, this no, is what I'd end up doing. Yeah, supposed, you're supposed to bring people together. It's a team building yeah. exercise, not no, a team that destroying. Ain't, that ain't the way it fingers rolls. <laughs> I'd be like, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. Yeah, everyone get out of here and I'll listen, do it myself. Listen to me. I'm going to get this done. Good Lord. Yeah, Have yeah. a Get high or something. So I don't know if anybody has any stories about... Uh, Doing any of those escape rooms, or look, you know, finding you know finding treasure. We've had some calls on that before too. Yeah, anytime you've uh, uncovered some treasure, seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one pound seven hundred on AT and T. Have you ever gone in search of something like that and found it? I, I've told you before. I you know I used to go out to the Bahamas all the time, like you know once a year at least. And one of the things to look for out there on on the island is. The uh, you know, the obviously beach trash and things like that kind of flow up on the on the beaches, right? Sure. And you, a lot of it's just it's all stuff that cruise ships have thrown overboard, right? And it's, which is, I mean, it's just disaster. But a lot of it is like the buoys and stuff will, will roll up. But the real the treasure is if you can find the glass buoys. Because I want to say, I think someone told me like they stopped making the glass ones. They turned the plastic in the fifties. But if you can find the glass ones, that's like a real that's like a treasure because you're, you know, you can only find them because they've been buried for. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whatever, how many years, and then a certain amount of water comes up and washes some away and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I've never found one in like 10 years going on that island. And I got friends that have found, you know, big ones. I mean, like basketball size ones and small ones. And they're they're pretty cool. We're uh, talking, taking your call, 749-7800, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Talking about treasure hunting and and uh, escape rooms. Like, we got Jim here. Jim, your thoughts on breakout rooms. What do you have? They're great. Rocky was spot on. We've done it uh, four or five years in a row as a family around Thanksgiving. And you need about six people, but we have a great time at them, and we've been successful uh, about five out of six times. 
Okay. Yeah, they're, they're pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, you have a good. Obviously, you have a good time with them, right? You've been doing them for four or yeah. five years. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And it's a good time. It is a bonding with the family, and we actually we work really well together. And it's uh, to me, it's been a great time. It's just uh, you got to go to different runs around the city because, of course, you don't want to do the same one. But and we try to get the difficult ones. But they're they're a lot of fun. I think beats the difference than going to a movie or bowling or something else. But it's yeah. a challenge of working together. Something different, and thanks, Jim. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Good. By the way, I just got an email from uh, Tony Kessler. He says, hey, Rocky, the treasure hunt clues come out every Saturday. Um, and then he gives, uh, there is actually a dog park, I know, in Harrison, but I'm not going to divulge that location because I'm going to search there first. Ah. Hey, Brian, <laughs> what do you have talking about treasure hunting? So in the 1990s, I was a police officer in Gaston County, North Carolina. And our newspaper would put out a cartoon that led to a treasure. I think back then it was like 3000 in gold. It was quite a bit. And I cannot tell you how many hours us as police officers would get together and try to figure out where that damn gold was. And we'd travel all over that county trying to find nope. we lost him. We lost, uh, we lost Brian there. Sharon, real quick, talking about escape rooms. What do you have? Hello? Yep. So, yeah, I actually have two funny stories. I've actually done two different um, escape rooms, one with actually just me and my two sons. They were in Texas. And, unfortunately, we did this one where you actually had to know the landscape of the town we were in, and we were completely clueless. But I had a son that was just – they had directional locks, and my son just managed to play with them until they unlocked. And it it went great. We got got out. Then the second time we went – it was actually here in Cincinnati, and I had about six people, but we were about the most mixed bunch of people. I had an ex-boyfriend, my sister, my kids, and the most the people I thought would just fail at it were the most successful. They just kind of clicked, and somehow we managed to get out. I kind of just, like, stood there most of the time. I felt like the dead weight that time, but it was <laughs> two completely different experiences. Yeah, it's all, Thanks, you know, it's all about who you bring and, you know, certain Things get tipped off to certain people. Can you imagine bringing your ex girlfriend? Like she's talking about her ex boyfriend. That's that's when I would hit somebody. <laughs> like you shut up. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I already don't like you. Now you're I, not going to take any advice from you. Yeah, <laughs> I needed all the clues to escape from our relationship. I don't need you yeah. to foul up it, this. Yeah, and if I do find out how to get out of here, I'm leaving your ass here. <laughs> right. <laughs> going to lock the door behind me. How about that? <laughs> Uh, so we're talking treasure hunting and escape room seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred the big one pound seven hundred on AT and T. Rob, you seem like an escape room kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, I love them. I've, uh, I've escaped twice. Yes, yes. Do you, do you have any like you know words of wisdom or just things in general that have have worked for you? It all it almost helps to have one person kind of captain the team once you're in there. And uh, and then everybody kind of report back to that person so that they can put things together and then, you know, talk out loud. Make sure you you say what you're finding and, you know, because there's a lot of things in there, especially matching items like you'll find something with colors that have something to do with something else somewhere else or numbers. Uh-huh. Correct. So uh, it's it's they're they're all like puzzlies. And you you just have to communicate and just have fun. Don't panic. There you go. Yeah, well, strike one, strike two. (laughs) 
They are a lot of fun. That's a great idea the guy had about doing it for Thanksgiving, just to make it a tradition with the family. But the more you have, like six, eight people, that's when it's fun. Well, that's kind of the way I feel at my sister's house. You just want to kind of escape out of there after a while. <laughs> the escape house. <laughs> Here's this real. You guys figure it out. I'm going up to the bar. There you go. That's the best way to do it. From the UC Health Traffic Center, offering the only level four maternal care facility in Cincinnati. UC Medical Center provides the highest level of care for pregnant and post. Eddie and Rocky. Talking about treasure hunting, escape rooms, mysteries of any nature. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one, pound seven hundred on AT and T. Uh, and Reese, your first up. Thanks for holding, buddy. What do you have? Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Hey uh, Rocky, first of all, um, I totally agree with you. You can't have too many people in the uh, escape room. Yeah, too many opinions, right? Just yeah, it's not good. Yeah, too many. I think I think uh, somewhere in that five range is just about right. Agreed. Uh, in terms of treasure hunting, there's a book out there. It's called The Secret, and oh, yeah. I don't I don't remember the author, but it's really cool. And Eddie, I think you'll like this because uh, the artwork that goes along with it is is very reminiscent of it's the kind of cosmic artwork that you'd see like on a Yes album. Oh, cool. Um, and there's hidden pictures in the uh, in the artwork. Uh, to go along with a quatrain, um, a poem of some sort, uh, that gives you uh, directions along with the hidden pictures in the uh, in the uh, illustrations. Um, and this guy, I don't remember the author's name, but what he did was he went around to 12 different cities in the United States and buried some treasure. It's nothing super, it's not going to get you rich or anything like that, but uh, it's something valuable. Um, but the, the fun part is the hunt. And out of all 12 of them, there's only been one that has been found, and it was in Chicago. Um, somebody was able to put the uh, pictures together uh, along with the uh, the clues in the poem uh, and was able to go to this park, and he dug it up, and he found this acrylic box, and it had like a jade something or other in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's still 11 cities out there with these hidden treasures to go along with this book. And like I said, it's called um, – yeah, and, and I'm looking this up. It's not the secret like that motivational kind of thing that came out like right. 15 no. years ago. It's not. I, and I, I just see it's something different. Uh, uh, Byron Priest, I guess. Um, yeah. I, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, it uh, like I said, the artwork is is fantastic, um, and the, the there's hidden uh, hidden clues in the in the uh, illustrations as well as within the poems and. Uh, my wife and I are actually discussing uh, at some point just traveling around, going to these different locations, and you know, seeing seeing what we can find. Check it out, well, man. Thanks, That's cool. That, for you. that yeah. would be cool. Hey, Mark, how about you? Talking about treasure hunting. Uh, me, Mark. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I've got uh, daughters, and you know, when they were you know, younger, we would take instead of Easter egg hunts, we would put a clue in each egg. And one egg leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, which eventually led to their Easter baskets instead of having them find it. So the last time we did it, I guess one was 17, one was 15, and they followed clues for an hour and a half to two different towns, Mount Orr, Georgetown, back home, Jeez. and it was in their trunk. 
the whole time. Wait, so so you set them on a, on a chase to, all the way through Mount Orb and all this for and Easter eggs? Led to the trunk. <laughs> That's cold, man. I like it. Good for you. Nice, Mark. <laughs> That sounds like something I do to my kid. I'm proud of the guy. Dave, how about you? Talking about treasure hunting. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey, I don't know if you remember uh, a couple years ago on uh, the Discovery Channel, there was a thing about two guys that goes around with a metal detector, and they go to all areas. They've been to Gettysburg, and they've been, like, down Louisiana where the pirates and stuff is supposedly got treasure. Well, of course, I went out and I bought me one of these $500 jobs. And my mom lives down in Melbourne Beach. And down there, there is between Melbourne and uh, Vera Beach, there's still like four, 400 ships between uh, that's buried or that has buried treasure on the beach. So I've been, when we go down there, we go up and down, but I do have a nice collection of beer cans. Uh, <laughs> that's about, uh, we did find a gold ring one time, and um, it, it was worth about mm, 50 bucks, but the beer can collection is worth more than that. Nice, man. Well, Thanks, see, Dave. One hobby led you to another hobby you didn't even know about. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to keep rolling yeah, for a little bit. We're getting some good fun. calls. Yeah. Uh, talking about treasure hunting and escape rooms. 749-7800, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. We will get to your calls next. But now the news. News Radio 700 WLW. Eddie and Rocky, a little while longer. Talking about mysteries, basically talking about treasure hunting and escape rooms. Right, because there's this uh, company that's uh, placed a couple of treasure chests in Harrison, of all places, in my backyard. And um, there's riddles and stuff. You can get on their Facebook page and check it out. But just kind of led us to discussion of, you know, if you've done those escape rooms or search for treasure, that sort of thing, we're getting some good calls. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Let's get to Dave first. Dave, thanks for holding. What do you have, buddy? Hey, Eddie. Hey, Rock. I love the topic. Thank you. Um, Yeah, not exactly a treasure, but for a kid about uh, eight years old in the 60s, searching for pop bottles so you could uh, take them in and get them returned and go buy some baseball cards or something. There you go. You know what, Dave? I'll (laughs) tell you what, man. Me and my boys, I don't know how many days we spent out there trying looking for pop bottles. Amen, brother. How long? How how much were they worth when you were looking for them? Because I remember when I was a little kid, they were worth two cents a piece. <laughs> exactly, and then when they got up to about a dime or something like that, that was that was big money back then. Oh hell yeah! Heck yeah! You were you were rolling in the dough. But yeah, can you imagine that? Because it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
because they were worth money, nobody would throw them out. That was that was the idea, obviously. Right. That's just stopped from from littering. But man, we would go. I mean, just block after block in our neighborhood, just searching for pop by, and we, you'd come up with about maybe if you were on a good day, you got a dollar. Yeah, that, and that's still a, in the seventies or sixties. That's a hell of a lot of pop bottles. Yeah, a hell of a lot of pop bottles. But that's also decent money. These are decent money, right? right. Yeah. Those are the sixties. So yeah, yourself a cheeseburger, oh, and some yeah. baseball cards. Like we go said. to Dairy Queen and live like kings. <laughs> hey uh, Scott, what's going on with you? You got uh, something on an escape uh, room? Yeah, actually, this was something my wife booked me and some friends for. A couple years ago, around Halloween, up in Tri-County, and I just looked it up, they actually do it every day. They have an escape room with a zombie. So not only are you trying to solve all these clues, you've got this zombie creature in there that's on a chain, and every couple minutes that chain gets a little bit longer. You talk about the stress levels. I thought it was going to be a walk in the park, but, man... My blood pressure, by the time I was out of there, I was just so glad the hour was finally up. I'm, I'm getting a heebie-jeebies just telling you, telling <laughs> the story. Now, is it like a live person who's dressed up like a zombie or is it like a, made of plastic? What is it? No, it's a live person. And oh, my it God. it adds another dynamic to it, someone <laughs> chasing you around this room uh, on a chain. And, man, I'm telling you, the pressure level in there, I don't know how anyone could – could do it. It's up in Tri County, and man, it was a blast. Tri County. All right, I'm I'm going to check this out. This may have my name Thanks, on Scott. it. <laughs> well, you'll just punch the zombie out. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> oh, that would that not be scary? It's like you're already stressed out. You're trying to figure out, you know, what twenty five times forty seven times thirty nine, and line right. up the bottles and all that. Meanwhile, this guy's ugh, getting closer and closer <laughs> to you. Uh. Uh-uh. You'd hit him. Hey, uh, Tony, what's going on? You want to talk about escape rooms. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey, fantastic. Uh, fantastic topic. Love it. Uh, cool. We just got back from a cruise over Christmas break, and on the cruise ship, they had an escape room. The escape room was modeled after the Apollo missions. You had to break your way in, and then you had six consoles that you had to figure out how to power up and then figure out how to synchronize. And then after you got them synchronized, you had to go through the ignition sequence. And if you did it in time, the rocket launched and went to the moon. And if you didn't get it in time, they let you fish, but the rocket would launch and go somewhere out in space. That's so, wow. cool. And it, it was it was really in depth, and it was uh, designed with engineers that worked on the Apollo program. And, and you did this, you said? Yes. Wow, there that's were, pretty involved. That yeah. sounds like fun, man. Our, it was cool as hell, and uh, our group was one of four the week that we were on that actually made it out, made the rocket go to the moon. Oh. That's cool. Thanks, Tony. I like that one. We're going to go on a cruise in spring. I'll have to see if the me and my boys and Deb will die in there. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you. 
Uh, Steve, what do you got? You're talking about an escape room. Eddie Rock, what's going on, man? Good, uh, man. Hey, real quick, I would have taken a zombie any day over my 13-year-old friend. <laughs> I took, I, I took, I'm serious, man. I took my 13-year-old to the escape room right down next to the Freedom, uh, down there in Freedom Way. Great place. Real nice people. But anyway, I had, I had four 13-year-olds with me locked in the jail down there. I thought to myself, if this thing doesn't let me out within an hour. I'm going to hit one of those panic buttons just to get me out. The 13-year-olds between the squealing and the, oh, my God, don't touch that between the 13-year-olds. I swear, I looked at them and I said, hey, kids, uh, let's go down right down here to the place to the corner around here. We can watch TV and I can get a beer. Right. <laughs> right. This seems like a much more relaxing thing. A bunch of beers after that. <laughs> so it's all 13-year-old girls? Oh, my God, yes. She's oh, like, I said, you want to do something for your birthday? Torture. She said, I want to do something different. I said, well, what do you want to do? She goes, I want to go to the escape room, and I'm going to invite so-and-so and so-and-so. And so I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Well, until I found out they lock you in these little tiny rooms down there with, with 13-year-olds. Three, so. three 13-year-old so, girls. So, girls. Steve, let me, uh, let me guess. I mean, three, or we got four 13-year-old girls. Did they freak out as as soon as they shut the door, or did they wait, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds? <laughs> well, they, yeah, about 10 or 15 seconds once they figured out they weren't getting out of there until they figured out how to get out of the room. So, <laughs> yeah. That's great. Good That's stuff, funny. man. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> making me want to do one of those, those rooms. I want to try it again. Yeah. You going to take your family? You going to take the little boys? No, they Six-year-olds don't have any attention spans. Well, you do yeah. me, you, and uh, or me and Kel, and you and Deb. Really fun. They yeah. they would just sit there and talk about their hair. It <laughs> <laughs> would be no help. And we would drink. So and right, none of us would be worth a you, damn. You'd pull out your flask. I just sit there. Yeah, screw that. I don't care. They'll come. They'll let us out of here eventually. So, wait, so we got an hour to just sit here and bullcrap. Cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they got ESPN here. What's the deal? <laughs> Eddie and Rocky about done. Still talking about treasure hunting and escape rooms. John sent us an email coming in late on this topic, but if you like treasure hunting, you have to check out geocaching. Do you have any idea what that is? No, never heard of it. No, me neither. Uh, let's get to your calls here. Hey, Matt, thanks for holding. You're talking about escape rooms. What do you got? Hello? Yeah, Matt, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Uh, this is escape room. It actually is PTSD inducing. I remember it back when I was a teenager, uh, early teens. I was at a summer camp, and it was kind of strange. But anyway, they bust us out to um, State College, if you're familiar. Okay. I know of yeah. of course. Threw us in a locker room, and Jerry Sandusky, you got to escape from him. I made it out, thankfully. No, he didn't. <laughs> Thanks, man. <God. laughs> I was looking up uh, geocaching. It's geocaching, right? C-A-C-H-I-N-G? Yes. Um, it's an outdoor recreational activity in which participants use a uh, GPS receiver and other navigational techniques to hide and seek containers called geocaches. Now, I, ha- I have heard of this because there's uh, – on. You know, that, that they hide these things, and, yeah, you look for them. I, I've heard of this. A typical cache is a small, waterproof container containing a logbook. And you, so you you look, you use GPS and all these coordinates, and you find this thing, and you, huh. you know, you just kind of sign your name and kind of say you found it, and, yeah. Let's get to Greg. Greg, how are you doing? Talking about treasure hunting. 
Yeah, I was uh, treasure hunting in my home when I was a kid. I was 12 years old. I'm 62. I, in my dad's closet, I found a box with about 20 silver dollars yeah. uh, in it. And it, at the time, I was told those silver dollars were worth about 10 to 15 bucks a piece. Well, I, I took them to school and sold them all for two bucks a piece. <laughs> but not only did I find that, I found a, a holster and a gun, a 9 millimeter Walther. My dad took off a dead German officer in World War II. Wow. Now, I didn't take it and sell it, but I did. The, the holster had Nazi swastikas, you know, all over it, four or five of metal stamped into the holster. I pried those off and took them to school and sell it, which devalued that gun by, and this was, again, 1968, devalued the gun by about $250. Oh, but no. When the, the, bun, the gun was sent down my family, my nephew got it uh, 20 years ago when my father died. And he went and had it re-blued. And, Rocky, I think you'll probably know what I'm talking about and appreciate this. Yeah. But when he, when he had it re-blued, before it was re-blued, it was worth about $5,000. After it got re-blued, a gun guy told me it was worth about 2000 Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of times they want those things in just in the original condition no matter oh, what, For right? sure, right? Yeah. Right, right. That, 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 by the way, I heard is becoming more popular in the classic car world. You know, a lot of guys, they you know get the cars, they refurbish them and have them repainted. But I've I've heard, again, just recently more that it's just keep them, if yeah. you want the original paint, even if it's kind of chewed up a little bit, that's kind of what you want. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's for sure with a gun, yeah. It devalued the gun by half. Oh, man, more. definitely. Thanks, cool, buddy. Cool stuff, Greg. Thanks. See, that's the thing. Can you what would your dad do to you if you had this holster and pistol off of a dead German officer from World War II and you took the like the, the swastikas the, off the it and off. sold them to your buddies? God, that's insane. I, yeah, I, but you got to blame the parent there. That, that thing should be like locked up in a oh, safe I, that, that you well, can't you know reach. What? That is true. <laughs> but seriously, you'd kill your kid. Man. Did you ever go on an excursion like that when you were a kid looking for stuff? Like I said, I'd look for pop bottles. but Well, I, you know, I, I used to do the, uh, it was with cans. Remember I told you the story and I was oh, yeah. for money. That's how I right. got a few bucks in college was turning in the cans in the Michigan. Um, we, we'd look around for like arrowheads and stuff like that, yeah. like in creeks and tomahawk well, heads and all that. When I was a uh, young, when I was... Till I was about 12, we lived on uh, Valley Street in Dayton. If you're from Dayton, you know where I'm talking. And there was a dead-end dead street, and there was a gravel pit, which also had a, uh, a junkyard connected to it. So me and my buddies would go over there and go to the—I mean, there, there was junk everything in there. Mm -hmm. And we would get the wiring, copper wiring, out of stuff. You know, if somebody threw away a sink, I mean, hopefully there was still copper tubes connected to it and stuff, and there was a junk guy not too far from there, and we could go over and sell it oh, by the I, pound. I, I, I've scrapped now, absolutely. I know yeah, that's you're what speaking I'm saying. my language. Well, yeah, yes. that's, those were, cider. that was true treasure right there, man. You could just like, is, this, some... is this aluminum or is it iron? Ah, oh, put the magnet on. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, when, yeah, when you're a kid, you can make some serious that's cash absolutely. doing that, man. Yeah. All right, we got to get out of here. Turn it over to Lance. He is up next. News Radio 700 WLW.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.